key. I got many a reviews. <clears throat> Sounds like it hurts. Yeah. Oh, I just coughed right into the mic. Oh, wait. Is that music? Oh, yeah. Shut up. Podcast is starting. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Celluloid Breakdown. I'm Joey Bonnier. Next to me is Mr. Sean Faw. Across from him, Derek Laporte. Say hi, Derek. Hi, Derek. Hi. Anyways, so, oh yeah, and Tim's not here. It kind of sucks without him, but yeah, we'll make do. No, not a guest. Yeah, non-permanent guest. Yeah. He, he will be semi-permanent guest. Yeah. Well, there's no guest so. in his place. That's true. He is the only guest so far. I feel like this is more of a philosophical conversation. True. Now. Yes. Dog shit politangering. Um, so we have Schrodinger's Tim is what we have. <laughs> anyway, uh, what we watched today, as you all know, because you clicked on the goddamn podcast, yep. Robin Hood from 1938. Please clap. Not just any Robin Hood. The Adventures. The Adventures of Robin Hood. Yeah. Yeah. It's Directed very... by Michael Curtis and William Cayley. Yeah, that's a what weird did, one. What did Curtis do in this? And what did uh, Cayley do in this? Do we know? Curtis I Haley. don't know. Do you know? Yeah, no. Curtis, Kay, nobody Kay, knows. Curtis. That's the whole thing. <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> no one knows. Interesting. Like, uh, it's impossible yeah. to know. Yeah. Apparently replaced. One of them was replaced. Oh, is with that the, the other. deal? Apparently, it's not a directing team I mean, if or I'm, a duel. If I'm going by what the what they said on the IMDb, oh, actually, which God forbid, it's but, a duel, not a duo. It's a directing duel. Mm -hmm. Hello. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mo moving I, on. Yep. Sorry. Yep. It's we'll late. Give him that one. <laughs> it is fine. late or early, depending upon. True that. Uh, you know. Well, I haven't gone to bed yet, so it's late. True. It's true. Uh, Michael Curtis, best director for Casablanca. Oh. Fascinating. Yeah, he directed that Casablanca. So we watched his movie. So he worked with that guy who's in this before then? Uh, no, Casablanca, he did by himself. No. I mean, the, the actor. Yeah, because there's the actor. Oh, yeah. Both is in both of these. Yeah, films. I didn't realize you were talking about. You're talking about Prince John. Prince John. Yeah, not his real name. I know. I forget his name. <laughs> his name it's, is Claude Rains. Yeah, Claude Rains. <laughs> Sorry. Is that Bing Rains' dad? Um, oh. probably not. Oh, right. I don't mind if anyone shuts off the podcast right now. I don't blame <laughs> you. You know, no, no, no shame, no blame. Yep. All right. I'm let's, surprised you're listening in the first let's place. Let's go right in because we're wasting time here. First mm -hmm. impressions. Sean Faw, what do you got? Um, my first think? time viewing. Um, there was definitely some good stuff in here. Um, there was definitely some enjoyable moments. It felt a lot longer than an hour and a half. Um, I, I mean, it felt like a really long movie to me. <laughs> um, but it there was like. Uh, some really good action for the time and uh, some amusing little moments. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's it's not my favorite Robin Hood, but um, I do like the fact that it's not a uh, origin story. Okay. Derek? Yeah, um, it's it's entertaining. It does uh, it does have like it does feel longer than its runtime. I would agree with that. Mm. Um, but it stays pretty engaging and there's a lot of like stunts that you're just like, yeah. whoa, wow. You know, like, cause you know, back then it was real stuff too. I think the fact that now we're so used to like all the CGI and like 
fake garbage and people on like wires and stuff like that. So it makes gives it more of this wow factor. Yeah, it's definitely um, Arrow Flynn dropping twenty feet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's no doubt. And <laughs> like and like grabbing onto like like cutting a rope and then grabbing onto it and like flying up in the air yeah. and stuff like it's it's pretty incredible. Like jumping out of trees onto horses. Yep. Uh, knocking people off of horses. Oh, all the horse shit is like uh, fucking. It's crazy. Yeah, definitely not allowed today. No, no. Uh, yeah, but it's um, it, yeah, it's it's entertaining. Keeps keeps you in and and uh, pretty good telling of the of the Robin Hood story. I think. Okay, uh, I'll give you my quick one. I am going to surprise you guys. I truly love this movie. Right on. I thought this was oh, great. Yeah, I was enjoying this from pillar to post. Hmm. Uh. I thought the well, one. You seem to be spending a lot of time staring at your computer, so I didn't think that you were. I was at reading all. a lot about stuff because I love the history behind it, but mm-hmm. no, I was engrossed also with the music. So mm-hmm. let's just put that aside. The yeah, score yeah. is—I'm going to be giddy about it because it's—it's <laughs> it's one of the best I've ever heard in my entire life. Jesus, not just that's right now. It's automatically in my top ten right now. Wow. Best mm. film scores of all time. Immediately, uh, we'll talk about that later. Just putting that all aside. I love Errol Flynn. The yeah, dude yeah. is fucking likable. Totally. He's a great actor. He's fun. He's very modern. Like the way his sensibility seems like yeah. he could be funny today. Very like 90s smirky. Yeah. Like, He's like Skeet Ulrich or yeah, something. Exactly. You know? Yeah, that's a good call. Or like uh, 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 young Christian Slater. Christian Slater came to mind a lot. Fucking um, like a, a, young, um, a young Keanu almost or a yeah. young uh, DiCaprio. Yeah, just the 90s cool guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Very point break. Yep. Uh, I just enjoyed him. I thought he was funny. The All the acting was fantastic. Uh, the writing was good. Some funny lines, yeah. like some really yeah. great lines. I liked the sets. Uh, I don't know. The story was good too, I think, because I love all the parodies of Robin Hood that I've seen over the years. I love Robin Hood Men in Tights. So going yeah. back and seeing all the gags that I really didn't realize because I thought Robin Hood Men in Tights was just making fun of the Kevin Costner version. Mm. And I love that both of those, yeah. but seeing all the ones, even just the shadow shots and they made fun of it with the hand puppets, with mm-hmm. the shadows. I didn't get that joke until now. Mm-hmm. Like, so there was a lot of funny moments that connected with me. I just really liked it. Thought it was funny. And I thought all the little set pieces worked great. Um, they were all interesting. I was in, into it. I thought they were funny, even unintentionally. It was funny. So yeah, I, I just really liked this one. Cool. Sean, uh, give us a little rundown of the story, please. Uh, it's fucking Robin Hood. You know the story. Yeah, you know the deal. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean- King Richard is in the Crusades. Exactly, yeah. King Richard uh, leaves his half-witted brother uh, to- Rain terror over uh, Nottingham. Um, wasn't a whole lot of focus on the sheriff of Nottingham in this one. No, nope. there was no sheriff. Uh, there was a sheriff. Well, yeah. he's Sir Guy. But, yeah, he's pretty feckless. He's yeah. called his <laughs> yeah. name is Sir, 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 Sir Guy of Gisborne. Like, no, yeah. there was a sheriff also. Oh, that's right. There him, was a sheriff. I'm sorry. Oh, the overweight sheriff who yeah. didn't do anything. Melville oh, yeah, those Cooper. were two different dudes. Melville yeah, Cooper they were. plays the sheriff. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah uh, basically, what we have uh, Robin Hood just kind of showing up already kind of fully fledged already being Robin Hood. Uh, he's got Will Scarlet with him. Um, I don't even like, no, this one is, I don't know. This is kind of, I don't know. It feels like an odd version of this story. It, it seems a 
fairly different from most of the other tellings, I think. Just in that, like, um, we start with Robin Hood already kind of being a character, and then he it seems to focus, like, almost more on what's happening with the king and whatnot rather than, I don't know, I, I feel like we don't spend a whole lot of time with Robin Hood in this. Yeah, yeah you're right. He does not have the backstory that we get in the other versions, I think. I mean, like, even just screen time alone, I feel like he's almost not even the star of his own movie. It's uh, true. I think that's for a good reason, though. It the, his makes his introduction all the more powerful. Um He's almost like, for instance, the shark in Jaws or mm -hmm. something like that. You know, yeah. it's just the less you see him. And I would compare that to the arrows that we'll see later on and we'll talk about. But mm -hmm. just the arrows coming from off screen and his his mystique yeah. is almost larger than life. So Yeah, but he, uh, he basically shows up at a uh, big fucking uh, feast after pissing off some of the local guards. And, With a big uh, deer on his back. Yeah, <laughs> it's a grand entrance as it is. Yeah. Um, but uh, then he, there's a nice fight scene there. He escapes. He uh, joins his band of merry men. He comes across. Uh, uh, we meet Little John first, pretty much. Uh, standard sort of uh, quarterstaff uh, innuendo <laughs> Your standard stuff. quarterstaff tool. <laughs> you know, standard old, you know. I mean, like, literally, I've <laughs> no, seen, right. like, 12 <laughs> incarnations of this. Like, this is one of the things that happens in almost every version is the uh, the quarterstaff fight on the log over the river between Little John and fucking Robin Hood. Uh, while apparently Will Scarlet plays the loot. <laughs> He's <laughs> yeah, still fighting yeah. in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Shredding yeah. the loot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but plays yeah. fight music. Yeah. Little John bests him and they laugh over it. And uh, we go back and annoy the uh, um, fucking uh, king and whatnot a little bit more. And then uh, we build a band of merry men in the woods, start robbing people. Taking their money and taking their shit. Yeah. Everyone goes back to uh, fight the uh, guys. And then we are looking for Robin Hood. And then we need to have an arrow contest. Okay, so wait, contest. Oh, wow, oh, there is a lot that happens. Yeah. yeah, I think Robin Hood gets caught. Then they have to cat. Then they have to get him out. I mean, yeah. You're right. and then there's, there's an arrow. Of... Then there's an arrow contest. You know, archery contest. He wins. He. Oh no, I'm sorry. He gets caught after he the archery contest. Yeah, the it's archery. a lot of like, yeah. uh, here we go around the mulberry bush, sort of. Yeah, like, yeah. it really it, is. <laughs> and then she gets caught. And then they have to go get her right. at the end. Yeah. yeah. And it really is, like you're right, going back to the castle, back to the there's castle. A, there's some major differences between this and other versions, which is there's no thing about somebody trying to marry her. Like, mm. uh, there's no, he doesn't have to right. save her from a wedding, yeah, basically. Yeah. He's saving her, but she's he's saving, saving her, her from There's her no competitive death, suitor. Yeah. Which is, yeah. oh, that's true. Perhaps, she's about to be executed. I think that's better in this instance than it is because that was one of the things that's one of my problem with prince of thieves it makes mm. no sense that he suddenly wants to marry her in that movie like <laughs> that robin hood wants to know that the sheriff oh, yeah. of nottingham wants yeah. to marry her is just like tacked on yeah like i got your girlfriend kind of thing yeah, you know i think so um it's the only eligible woman for 100 miles right there's yeah. no other noble women there's none. <laughs> no princesses zeros ever. yeah getting only Except zeros exactly um yeah, so there's a there's a few big differences, and and yeah, there there is the archery contest, which I think is in almost all versions. Yeah, yeah. Of this story, but I thought they did a good job in this one. Yeah, the archery contest. Yeah. Did you the like arrow him? splitting? 
Mm-hmm. Well, that it was pretty incredible. It was, it was cool. Decent. That was good. Uh, yeah. I saw, All of the arrow shit was good. Yeah, like I, I just, on the archery level. How no, was no, that? I, uh, I just, I meant the arrow hitting. Uh, so, like, there, you know, we watched a few times, a cup, uh, rewound a few of the arrows actually making contact with people, and when they hit people, they that looked fucking real, especially for like yeah. 1939 yeah. practical effects. My guess like, is they're wearing a very thick so vest. To, it looked yeah. like they were all wearing vests because it always hit them either in chest. Or in the directly in the back, yeah, right? But and it looks the, like they're actually getting shot with yeah. fucking something. Yeah. They, and the explanation is that they are actually uh, they were stuntmen and bit players padded with balsa wood uh, on top of a protective metal plate. Mm. They were paid one hundred fifty dollars per arrow for being <laughs> shot awesome. by the professional archer Howard Hill. Oh yeah, that who, fucking guy. Yeah, he's also in. He's he's one of the archers in this. I think he's the guy that. Uh, Robin Hood goes up against in the. Um, oh, that makes sense. In the That's true. What if he missed? Yeah, Dear God. Yeah, you yeah. have to be good. Well, no, the, I mean this was the dude. Miss. Yeah, <laughs> this was the dude that like, it, um, you know, kind of like the king of archery at the time. So he was the dude that was like shooting apples off of people's heads and stuff. Like stuff people frown upon these days was like kind of his bread and butter for showmanship. So like. You know, I mean, if anyone was going to be shooting arrows at your chest, that was like probably the best guy of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the archery in general, uh, I did notice a couple, especially when they were doing like the sweep in the archery contest. They did like the, there was like, probably like 10 guys in a row firing arrows, like right past the AC, which would have been scary as fuck. But uh, a few of the arrows were turned the wrong way. So that kind of bugged me. So uh, <laughs> basically with a, a three fletchings on your arrow, one should always face out. But if one arrow or if one of the fletching faces in, then it's going to rub against the shaft of the bow as it slides across. And it'll like air, it'll, uh, you know, bow out, I should say, into, mm. you know, the wrong direction. But um, yeah, as far, as far yeah as far as I know from um, just the random history, I know the archery in this movie is you know fairly well taken care of. Uh, the swordsmanship in this movie is quite a bit different, though. Yeah, uh, the swordsmanship is all fencing, which is not the type of swordsmanship you would do with the swords that they were using. Right. So they were using basically long swords for a fencing style fighting, which right. really changes the way that you would do it. Like with fake long swords, yeah, you can do that, but with a real long sword and the weight, it would it, you'd break your wrist. Like it's just right. They're they're way too big. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I actually thought this the sword fighting was okay uh, for the time. You, I mean, you're not going to get much better than this. And and again, the music does a lot there. The music is you know really the backbone of all these action scenes, honestly. I'm going to talk more about that later. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, uh, but I guess in the end, like most of the tellings of Robin Hood, uh, deus ex machina from uh, fucking uh, King John. Yeah. King King uh, King Ralph Richard, the, Richard. King Richard. Yeah. There we go. And uh, always with the reveal too. Always taking off. Yeah, words. yeah. It's like uh, some sort of. Well, I guess he, you know he's got to hide his it's way back through whatever. But yeah, this was actually historically accurate to that extent. Um, Richard was imprisoned by the Holy Roman Emperor, or I forget the other guy, the, the prank King of Austria, what is. Hmm. Uh, and then he it's had to Australia. And then he had, I'm going to ignore him. And then he had to hide uh, as a Knights Templar. Uh, and that's why I said mm-hmm. to Sean that it was very accurate because not only did his bodyguards, when they revealed himself, have, have the, the Red Templar, Cross, the yeah. Knights Templar on, he had his three lions on, which was actually 
everyone looks at it now. It's like, oh, of course that's England. That's like the national team, the soccer team, you know, mm, the three yeah. lines, that's their thing. That was actually, King Richard made that. That was his first thing. That oh, was right. his, uh, he's recredited with making that emblem. So I was like, oh, that's kind of nice. They even put that in there as long as that. So he was a graphic designer as well as being a great king. They like- all actually had to design their own coat of arms, I believe. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously. They all were like, kind of like, yeah. Like designing your own lightsaber? Eh, not quite as cool <laughs> as that. I would say that's cooler. <laughs> In my, I mean, yeah. That's cooler than three lions? You're picking crystals. It's cooler. Sorry. Okay. You're right. I'm revealing myself. (laughs) Crystals. (laughs) Sorry. She said crystals. Talk about it. To be honest, at the the new Star Wars thing, I would totally wait in line and get that lightsaber. It's, it's, you know what I mean? They're going to be. Yeah, they're going to have incredible. At the new Star Wars thing at Universal or wherever it is, or uh, Disney. Disney. Excuse me. Excuse me. Huge difference. Disney. Sorry about that. Who cares? Fuck them both. Fuck the mouse, um, definitely. Well, but but one of them has the new Star Wars. The other one, you would be hanging out at the Harry Potter thing. Yeah. So Harry Potter's got to get it right. Too. Just got to get it right. Just There's a huge right, difference so between a wand and a lightsaber. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't like these one you battles. can fight I with. And I feel the like other it's bad. You can't. I like yeah. to give all my nerd love to each franchise. So, what did you think about this version of Robin Hood? The the character himself. I thought he was. Definitely fun, <laughs> more comical. Uh, I liked him. He was very snappy. His was, dialogue was was funny. He was just a very, you know, devil may care. I yeah, he was like that. Han Solo. He very was much like, so a yeah, rogue. Yeah, uh, definitely rogue. Even I gotta say, his character with Maid Marian was good. I enjoyed their chemistry. I mm-hmm. thought he yeah. was great with her. Uh, I thought she was great with him. Like they were just very believable. Um, I thought it was a little stage play. It but was a little Romeo and Juliet sort of but, uh, oh, yeah, playing but that's to the, the balcony. Thing, of course, it's the well, balcony. I mean, we we just watched um, what the fuck did we just watch? Um, what was the last movie we just watched? Mr. Mr. Smith, Smith. Goes to yeah, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Uh, I, I mean, with Clarissa. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. Uh, I, I guess it's on a similar level. I just felt like. You know, we were starting to get again into an era that was getting away from that stage play. Well, I think both of these, uh, they were in multiple movies together. So Mm -hmm. even in Mr. Smith, I think he was with Clarissa or another another movie. And same thing goes for Errol Morris. Errol Morris here. (laughs) She can't say it. Um, I always assumed his name was Errol. Wait, did I just say Errol Morris? Errol Flynn, Jesus. Yeah, same difference. Okay, sorry about that. One's a documentarian, Mm. modern day. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. That's that might happen later on. Yeah, I might say it, it could. It could continually happen. Just possibly expect. Oh, just assume things. we're wrong about everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good place to start. Yeah. 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 Mr. Derek, Derek yeah. did you have an opinion on this version yeah, I mean, of? It's yeah. It's uh. It's good. Yeah. They do have. They do have pretty good chemistry together. Both of them are are really good. Yeah. He he does have that. I see what you guys. Are meaning about that kind of like snarky kind of attitude that works well for the part. Um, I thought that uh, there's a few times in which he does have like this kind of like ha ha ha. Yeah, you yeah, know, that yeah. It's, it's kind of like uh, yeah. The hands on the hips, fucking yeah. yeah. The hands on the hips, especially because a the lot whole of time. guys dying. Yeah. Like you know, a lot yes. of blood. Well, not no blood, but there should be. Yeah, way more lot, death in this movie lot than death. expected. A lot of death. A lot of death, yeah. A lot of laughing for a lot of death. A lot of jumping on the table for him. Yeah. Like, that's another thing, too. Tom Cruise moments. Like, initially, initially I was like, I thought, because he's at the party, 
He's at the party, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, he does that to get to his chair. Yeah, that's And weird. I was like, that's just a show of like disrespect. I get that. Yeah. That's kind of fun. But then he also does it at his own table <laughs> out there <laughs> in like the woods. He hops up to yeah. like make an announcement on top of the table. And it's like, uh, you know, maybe not do that there. That's where you put your food. Like, well, you know, you're putting your food there. He something. lives in the woods. Uh, but, yeah. but, yeah, I, I get like that, but, right you know, uh, yeah, but you, you don't, you know. You, you're lucky know. he leaves the table to piss. Yeah, like, probably true. I'm, I'd be surprised. I mean, we bathing. don't know. We never see him piss. Yeah. Oh, uh, young Brad Pitt. You think he's young? Oh, young Brad Pitt could play him? Yeah, yeah. The oh, yeah. crazy eyes sort of like, you know, uh, I think like uh, Brad Pitt from 12 Monkeys-ish. Like, uh, yeah, you know, that little skittish sort of like, yeah, frantic. I liked, mm. um, I liked this Friar Tuck. Obviously, mm. he was just a bunch of fat jokes, but yeah. uh, besides that, he was kind of cool. I liked how Friar Tuck was a badass. He said he was this one of the, the best swordsmen. Yeah, yeah, this is the first time I've seen Friar Tuck even hold a sword. It makes I sense. Yeah. I guess, like, he's not really doing anything. He's just kind of practicing his sword play. He can't marry. He's mm. a monk. Is that, a friar. Is that true? Friars and monks, same thing, right? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, friars are type of monks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, not, they, they, they can't marry? Nah. Is that a thing? Nah. Uh, I'm surprised he can talk. He's got a vow of silence, I thought. Well, he's also a drunkard. Sure. I don't know if Friar Tuck's your average monk or friar, if you will. Obviously not. Yeah, he's, he's your special guy. Yeah, that's why they wrote stories about him. <laughs> Yeah, I like Tuck. Good job, Tuck. All right. Uh, Will Scarlet, I could take really. Will Star- yeah, Will's, a, Will's a cutie pie. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, he's good with his loot. Yeah. He's the twink traveler. <laughs> little John could have been bigger. Yeah, Little yeah. John definitely needed yeah. to be bigger. Yeah, bigger, more and more intimidating. Not so old, too, maybe. Or at least uh-huh. shot better. Like, if they had shot yeah. him from the right angles, like, you could have, like, made him tower yeah, over sure. Errol. But, uh, he could have had a better introduction, too. Yeah. 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 Um, who else do we have to go through? Oh yeah, Prince John. You guys liked? Did you like him? I he liked him. Right. Yeah, he was yeah. pretty good. He was fine. I liked Richard. I thought I mean, the sh- Sir Guy was decent. What's up, guy? Sir Guy, Basil. Yeah. That's Basil Rathbone. Well, honestly, that's all good performances. Like nothing, nothing out of the world except for I liked Errol Morris a lot. But yeah, he was a lot more charismatic. <laughs> Errol Morris again. Errol, Errol Flynn. Flynn. He was a lot more charismatic than I expected. Um, I. Don't I couldn't name another movie that he's in, mm-hmm. um, but right, yeah. I did not expect we to. We might watch one more. I think Captain Blood supposedly is with him, and and it's the same uh, composer. Uh, <laughs> so we're gonna go by the composer to well, watch. Joey's got a heart on now, so yeah. I mean, Basil Rathbone was like uh, later on. He was uh, Sherlock Basil? Holmes, wasn't he? I think he was a Sherlock Holmes or something. Is that true? I'm gonna check. Uh, double check. I might be right. I might David be wrong. Show Sherlock Holmes too. You're right. Sherlock Holmes, yeah. Wow, fourteen of them. Yeah, Jesus. Oof. Yeah, so he was like the Sherlock Holmes like of that time. Doctor so, Who run. Um, so yeah, pretty pretty awesome to like start as like this swashbuckling kind of villain because I I think he's in a he's in a few movies with uh, Errol Flynn. Um, I almost said Errol Morris, by the way. Yeah, I'm sorry. But, it's getting real close. Uh, You're a horrible person. <laughs> he was in a few movies with it. Um, are we doing, shall we do cast it today? Sure. I mean, you kind of threw out one. You say Brad I've, Pitt. I've thrown out a bunch already. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, well, I mean, they've all been. <laughs> it has commit. been cast today. Or kind of in the 90s. Well, kind of. That's the thing. Yeah. And today, there was one you just saw, didn't you? Did we? 
You just saw the Robin Hood like a month ago, didn't oh, you? Oh, oh, you're saying it literally has been cast today. Yes. Uh, that was not a great choice. Um, Jamie Foxx was okay in that. That was weird. Um, no, but we, I mean, we cast it in the 90s, but we haven't actually cast it Okay, today. let's cast it well, today. It. Today. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling is a good choice, actually. But do we, do we need, no, we need an English actor. Enough. We need he's, an English actor. Uh, an Eng- oh. We can't do English oh, face. Yeah, you're right. English actors got to be English Brit actor. face. Um, <laughs> Daniel Craig. <laughs> uh, he's too old. Yeah. He's too old? Nah, Come on. He's too old. He's okay, like, Idr- uh, Idris Elba. It's not bad. Uh, I mean, it doesn't really make sense. Actually, the, maybe he's also, times. he might but, actually be too old too for this part. He's got to probably it's be younger. He's got to be 30s. Yeah. yeah, I think 30s. Um, Jeez. Oh, who's that guy that uh, played uh, Charlie on Lost? Uh, the, uh, the Australian dude? Yeah. One of the Hobbits? That dude? Yeah, yeah, I that guy. His name. Uh, One of the fucking, Hobbits. Yeah, whatever his name is. Mary or Pippin. Mary, I <laughs> Sorry, Hoppet, dude. Yeah, Australia is the same as British, right? They could do it. I think you could pull off. They could pull off the accent. Yeah. They could pass. Yeah. They could pull off the accent. Yeah. South African as well. If we find a good South African guy, mm, Charlie's there. Oh, maybe the dude. Uh, he's a little old. What's his name from District Nine? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, just because Copley? he got an accident. Well, he's South African. He made me think of it. <laughs> uh, what is the? Oh, how about um, the uh, the guy who played Scarecrow in Batman? He's Irish. Uh, Killian Murphy. Oh, yeah, there we go. He's good. Yeah, Killian Murphy. He might be the new James uh, Bond. Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. No. 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 Sorry. No. Sorry. What? Potter. No. He, fault, he's not but... snarky enough. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he too, could try. He could try. Yeah, more manly. Let's give him a chance. Let's, let's give him a chance. Yeah. He was a. You know, he was playing a corpse in that one movie. So. Good for him, but not not Robin Hood. Or who's made Marion? I mean, Emma Stone. Yeah, any of the Emmas. Emma Watson. <laughs> Emma Roberts. Emily Blunt. <laughs> Emily Blunt. Uh, Ariel Winter. No, she gotta be British. We gotta find English <laughs> yeah, actors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kira Knightley oh, but, still uh, could do it. Saoirse, Saoirse Ronan. One I from, just feel like Maid Marion is such like, especially in this version, such kind of like a non-character. Like any semi-attractive woman could stand there in that dress and kind of fulfill that role. She had ah, some good moments, I thought, in this Mojin movie. Motion Poots. I don't know who that Mojin is. Poots. Maybe. Doesn't she have a meat singer? What? Oh, she's a person. She's I mean, a, an actor. She's <laughs> an actress. <laughs> I mean, a normal she's person. She's an actress. <laughs> I divide people into musicians and normal. <laughs> she was in. <laughs> you read it. Yeah, she was in Green Room and and uh, Twenty Eight Weeks Later and uh, some other movies. I guess. Mm. Okay. Some Sorry, other movies I, I haven't seen. No. Okay. Who's Prince John? Mm. I, I think we go the rock. the rock. I go the Rock. Mm. If you smell what Prince John is cooking, <laughs> and it's weird because we've also got. Uh, uh, we've got Little John, who probably would be a better rock would be better in that position. Yeah. But I say we go against type, and we can, the big guy is Prince John. You know, uh, that's what I well, say. Then we can go uh, Terry Crews for uh, Terry Crews. So John. yeah, so it's a big fight between the two yeah. of them at the end. And, <laughs> and Daniel Radcliffe's around just begging to be in the movie. Like he can be Will Scarlet. He ah, there we go. See, yeah. we got him in there now. Yeah. Yeah. No. Daniel Radcliffe is Will Scarlet. Is that okay? Yeah, it's okay. It's okay? That's fine. All right. He mm. can be the side guy, basically. I can see him with the loot. 
<laughs> it works. Taking requests. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's good. I don't know if we, we do, is there any more? We can't cast any more. What did it sound like, Joy? Um, well, all right. It, <laughs> it, the score. Let's talk about score. The score. Eric Wolfgang Korngold. The Austrian-born composer and conductor, he was a child prodigy. I'm just kind of reading his bio here. He became one of the most important and influential composers in the history of Hollywood. He was a noted pianist and composer of classical music along with music for Hollywood films and the first composer of international stature to write Hollywood scores. When he was 11, his ballet became a sensation in Vienna, followed by his piano sonata when he wrote at 13. He played throughout Europe when he was 13. He wrote one-act operas when he was 16. Uh, anyways, uh, he's a dream. I, I have never, I, I am, it is a discovery I should have heard before. This is John Williams from before World War II. Uh, you can see where a lot, John Williams got a lot of stuff. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I heard a lot of Star Wars in here. A lot of the layers of strings and ostinatos that John Williams uses to go up and down, up and down. Ostinatos. We kind of heard him a lot in Empire Strikes Back with the Force theme, like when with Yoda, when he's training uh, yeah, Luke in the Dagobah. Hmm. Sorry to get really nerdy there, but uh, it's just a very nice way of... I don't know, giving you that fantasy that, that it, it worked for both movie with both movies because this wasn't very medieval score, right? It wasn't like your traditional Robin Hood movie where you would be, you know, hear like do, 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 look at like a harpsichord or, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, that right. old school. It wasn't that. It was very much using the modern technique of what's, of what was leitmotif popularized in the 19th century by Wagner and Mendelssohn and some other people like that. Anyways, um, I just think that it's a traditional score. Now, I traditional is is taken for granted nowadays because we don't think it's traditional. Like traditional for us, like Hans Zimmer or something. That's not traditional. No, traditional is very uh, melodic. You know, your Howard Shores, your your John Williams, your Lord of the Rings, your Star Wars. Anyways, I thought Star it was Wars. not only was it just wonderful in that it gave all these characters different motifs and and themes, but the way it, the theme switched really quickly in each shot showed me an absolute mastery of composition while you're watching the movie. Meaning he was watching the film and able to just adjust the music measure by measure as one character entered an exit. So when uh, Sir Guy entered, for instance, the, you know, the, the, so okay. the, the, the music would, you know, bump down into the minor key and then Sir Guy would leave and it would bump up back into that major key. And when, you know, Robin Hood entered, it was simple as that, but it was just really a mastery of the score. So I could go on and on. And honestly, I'm not <laughs> and quite- And you will. <laughs> and I could, but no, I'm not going to, because it's really something like, you just need to hear it and, and experience it because it's, it is a lot like, you know, you know, describing dancing by talking about it. You have to see it, you know? So I think I, I could talk, and again, it's a lot of complicated layers that I'm simply not qualified to talk about, basically. Uh, I'm not like an actual musician who can really- you know, break it down in those specific senses, but it is amazing. And I think it did win the Oscar for best score. And there's a good reason why. Could I give you my one gripe? Please. I have one, give me something. One thing that stands out that was kind of problematic sure. for me. And it was, uh, that first dinner scene where we, where we're inside the castle and, uh, the music is playing and we go by where we're going actually Inside the frame, we see all of the string players and everything. 
but it's not actually mostly strings. It's mostly horns. There's mm-hmm. only two string players, and there's string music going on, oh, and it's non-diegetic. Yeah. And to see the players there <laughs> and the not hear that and, yeah. over they, it, or it even see, or totally. the, them even move, or even make an attempt, it it kind of pulled me out of it a little bit. That's I kind of completely. the only mistake that I noticed in this thing. There wasn't just that. They did it a couple other times too. They oh, yeah? tried to okay. play it off as certain diegetic, non-diegetic plays. Right. Uh, a couple times where they basically panned and you would see the trumpets. But you're right, you would also hear strings and there wasn't yeah. strings there or something right. like that. Right. I forgave that. I thought it was a cute little technique that they were trying and I was just like, okay, I get what you're doing. You're right, it did technically pull me out of it because yeah. I didn't notice I'm watching a movie. Right. But I still liked it. I'd say you're also thinking backwards. Like the score is the last thing to come. So like they would shoot this movie and then like, you know, he's sitting there trying to think of the score and like the score needs to be more epic. Okay, we see horns, but like what else can I add to this to like make this epic? Yeah, good point. And if we don't see it, who cares? It's just exactly. An, it's just for effect. It's not. It, it doesn't have to be accurate. Yeah, I mean the fact that it was tied to the visuals at all to me was enough. I like, agree. Not being a musician and not really analyzing sound. And because like it didn't that. seem diegetic, right? Most of it was all non-diegetic, right. except for non-diegetic. certain moments. Um, I don't know, like the lute. Yeah, the only one that people play music unless you're the horns and stuff like that. Like I'm thinking of like specifically the panning shots of like coming from the horns into the scenes. Like there was, I I, I thought that I thought it felt a lot more diegetic than anything. There was a couple, uh, another moment I noticed where Robin Hood jumped up on a table like he does (laughs) and waves his hand, and as Mm. he waves his hand, the music cuts off. It doesn't quite cut off though; it fades Mm. down as if he's a composer and he's like waving the 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 orchestra. (laughs) I'm even doing my hand. Sorry, he's waving the orchestra down like to quiet down immediately, and he they do, and it's almost like they did a quick fade down in a natural way, like he's conducting. So it was a cute little play there. And I like that they're even doing those things in 1939. So I'm giving them a lots of credit, even mm. though, yes, Derek, it did throw me, honestly. I, I agree with you completely. Can I give you my one sound uh, issue? Give me more. Uh, my, um, I think it's the second uh, big um, fight scene we have inside of the castle. Um, but there's a lot of people uh, clanking swords at the yeah. same time. <laughs> I learned about this. And yeah, the clanking of the swords just didn't sound right. It sounded like tap shoes on a fucking wood floor or something. <laughs> yeah. It didn't sound like For sword sure. play. It was also missing, I think, something yeah. oh. a lot. You was missing the grunting mm. of people when you're fighting to the death. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. a little scream or two. It's very clean. And also, how about some clothing noise? Mm. You know, there or some armor clanking. These are medieval, uh, 300 medieval knights fighting. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be completely just sword sound. You sure. know? Right, and yeah. Plasticky sword sound without yeah. the proper reverb, and it wasn't quite the, the proper sound. <laughs> I'll give you that. I agree. That, that sound design wasn't the best in this movie. <laughs> yeah. But at least they were again doing their best. Some of the foley was decent with the horses stuff. Yeah, some of the some of that horse stuff was really good. It's, and just some of the other stuff too. Just the basic like you know, they might have just killed five stuff. horses getting that sound. No, that might not be foley. Uh, I don't want to think about how many horses were hurt in this movie. There was definitely a few horses hurt in this movie, Jesus. and it's tough to watch. I got to be. I, I mean, I got because yeah. you think about it, yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. ah, god damn it, that's. How many takes were there, you know, especially even the one take where the horse barely made it over the vines. Yep. Remember yes. that? I was like, there must've been a couple takes there where the horse tripped. I guarantee. Mm. Yeah. Whatever. And it made me feel bad. Yeah. Um, sorry. That had nothing to do with sound. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to say the, 
Glissando Corner. Uh, <laughs> Here we go. Thousands <laughs> of Glissandos. Oh my God. Joey's in rapture. Guys, the Glissando King. Uh, I loved it. I thought he did such a great job building tension. The chase scenes were fucking great. There was a moment, the first chase scene, where it reminded me of Empire Strikes Back and the asteroid bill. And it mm. felt like John Williams was lifting i'm gonna be honest at least parts and it was wonderful it just it added it was light motifs that were blending and transitioning with other characters so like when the bad guys were catching up their light motif would catch up it was just so goddamn good i can't really say too much more it was so like it was just a work of mastery that i'm not used to had like an eargasm huh I did. I was just shocked at the level. It was like watching Return of the King. That's what it was like, you mm-hmm. know, just to see all the the music line up with everything. And to, to be able to kind of like tune out, honestly, just to watch the film and just kind of let the music naturally play. So I didn't overanalyze was nice to do. Um, <laughs> what else could I say? Uh, yeah, the ups and downs. Yeah, I can, I'm going to shut up because it's really, I, I'm talking too much about good music and I think I should, you should just watch the movie. You speak treason. Fluently. Fluently. That <laughs> yeah. was my favorite good line, line of the movie. Good line. My favorite line of the movie. I'm going to be using that. That was great, man. Yeah. <sighs> good. That, that was definitely some fucking like rogue Han Solo shit. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, this movie was really well done cinematographically. Um, the action scenes I thought were extremely well shot, um, especially like playing the action in the wide, um, you know, just letting things play out and letting actual stunts happen, letting actual kind of fights, uh, you know, regardless of the fighting style being kind of weird or awkward for the time, um, you know, the way that they shot it was interesting. The camera moved a lot. There was tons of dolly usage to great effect um there were you know the shot of the archery tournament like like we talked about earlier where the dolly is rolling past and revealing each archer as they they take their shot uh just like really well framed really interesting shot and you know that that sort of repetition that was just uh kind of kept things moving um the the horse stuff um I, I'm so conflicted because the horse, the horse chase scenes were really, really great until they get to the fucking, uh, um, rear projection. Um, they mm. do the, cl- all the close-ups is rear projection, but, uh, and they look like completely out of place, but then like all of the chases of the horses, like through the woods are, you know, really well framed and fucking following the action and moving the camera. And we are moving with this action in a way that like, I don't know how easy or how normal was for that time. I mean, you know, thinking the size of the cameras at this time, like this is something that is, you know, a feat and it is to me, uh, the, the, Again, that that rear projection just every time they go to the close up just ruined that. Um, but then on the other side, there were some matte paintings in this that were just fucking phenomenal. 
Um, some there was uh, a couple of the castle matte paintings on the hill that just blended in beautifully. And like, if you didn't know about matte paintings, you would just assume that that was like part of the fucking movie or part of the scenery, I should say. Um, sorry. No. Uh, the the other big thing is this is obviously the first movie we've seen in color. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. That, I mean, that is, uh, it could go on for a while about the color, but um, uh, the choices and usages of the color, uh, especially being uh, as advertised shot in Technicolor. Um, Will Scarlet was Scarlet. Uh, <laughs> uh, fucking, I mean, it, as soon as like, Every character had a very pronounced wardrobe, yeah. had a very pronounced color scheme to them. Um, you know, as soon as Robin Hood steps onto screen, you fucking know that's Robin Hood. Like from any sort of like classical telling, that is the just, archetypal. Just the green that stands out, the neon green mm-hmm. and the other forest green. It just pops with at the background too. And everyone else is wearing like dull clothing. You know, he's mm-hmm. obviously the only one wearing neon green. Mm-hmm. I, you're right. Everyone had their colors. I I liked the costumes. I thought they were exaggerated for mm-hmm. a lot of like the knights and shit. Yeah, certainly. Um, but they look good. Every I thought the basically the production design, the costumes, everything yeah. like that, the attention to detail, except for maybe a bent sword here or there, was really fantastic. <laughs> like honestly, yeah. I, it was just like you could tell they put detail into every little extra, which mm-hmm. was a lot of extras. You know, honestly, I you felt so? like it was about. 50 to 75 extra short of being epic. Okay. Like, I agree there. No, <laughs> yeah. it's, not, yeah. it's not your Ben-Hur, your Spartacus or right. whatever. Yeah. But, but I, I think a few more extras in this movie would have been fucking like, you know, felt as epic as they tried to make it feel. Like there's the the scene where they are, uh, where the merry men are uh, uh, raiding a, a party that is going through the woods. Yeah. And there's like 20 shots of people coming out of trees from like every single angle. And you know, they were just using the same extras over and over because when they go to the wide shot there's like 10 extras around them like it it just feels like yeah. you know they were trying to oversell their hand a little bit there i was bugged i was like king richards with five dudes <laughs> I'm like eh, maybe i mean i know he's hiding but five five yeah. bodyguards for the king maybe he's got more people than that but yeah. whatever okay i'll take it that he's because he's hiding the other thing too is how quickly they like at the end i was expecting the sneaking into the castle and that whole kind of thing to be a little more involved than mm. just like yeah, oh yeah in the go. front Walked right in. They're there. Okay. I love that. Totally. All right. I guess. I guess that's. It. I mean. I just. Yeah, just I just feel bad. like it would be more than that. Like you know. Um, Planet Ocean's eleven. I mean. I. I think again. It's the the. This movie focuses very much in on the action mm. and not as much on the anticipation yeah. of anything. There's. N- there's like almost zero suspense. Of very anything. little buildup. Uh. So it de- I don't know. There's some. It depends. There's the buildup in. Remember when he's about to be hanged, hung, hanged? I forget how you say it. Either way, and well, then they have hung. the they wink to each other. That's a nice buildup. I thought that was cool. The, cu- the cuts to that different shots, and they had a it's nice. True. You know, it builds some tension with the music. I'm just trying to give some credit to the music with the buildup. But yeah, the music music's doing. I think you, yeah. the moment you're talking about is right. That's the moment at the end where they all pretend they were monks and they all mm. just file in. That does not have much buildup. Right. That should have, right. especially because that's the climax right. of the yeah. movie. Yeah. I didn't necessarily I didn't necessarily mean it as a slight. I think it's just a difference yeah. of the focus. The focus on this is stunts and action primarily. Mm-hmm. You're right there. There is no real like 
buildup of suspense or anything. Because a lot of suspense, what it is, is the anticipation of the moment where something's going to happen. And then when the thing happens, then, you know, a lot of times in movie, in suspense movies, it's just like, it happens like quick and then it's over. You're right. This is about the extension, the extension of that action of the thing happening or whatever, the fights and stuff. To me, suspense usually just comes off as low budget. So like we couldn't really afford to show you the thing we wanted to show you. So like, I'm going to make you feel weird about not showing you the thing for a while. But then to me, the, the, to me, what feels low budget is like, for instance, that in thing where we skip right to like the set that they have on the Mm -hmm. inside and we don't have the buildup of them fighting their way to the inside or any of that kind of stuff that felt I mean, I don't, this is not a low budget film for yeah, that time, yeah. clearly. Like, they no. spent a lot of money on this. So. No, this well, is I'm quite so Actually, I mean, not a ton, ton, but really? I, I think it was like three million. Isn't that like a lot for that, that time? time I bet I that's a whole be a lot. lot of money. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure it was like one of the most two expensive million. movies at but the time. Budget was two million, box office 3.9. Made money, doubled the money, so 200% profit. Yeah. So that's yeah. barely a success by I guess most standards, really. These these days, yeah. That's pretty. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of yeah. always been the standard, hasn't it? At least double. Yeah. You so yeah. Figure in the if you spend hundred and, and make two hundred, I guess that's good. But I don't know. It depends what kind of movie. A Marvel movie, maybe. Yeah. Uh, well, really. nowadays worldwide and everything, it's much. different. But it's still uh, no one includes the marketing budget. So whatever your whatever the propose or the purported production budget is on any of these websites, you basically double it because they spend twice as much in marketing. Gotcha. I mean, this thing only had a year before it had to compete with Gone with the Wind. Yeah. So. And you fucking know. Uh, um, Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, maybe the British uh, film market was bigger than or something. I don't know. Means it meant for them. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't think it was enough to make up for any sort of no, gone with the wind loss speaking money. Speaking out of my <laughs> yeah. angle yeah. file ass. Yeah. Uh the other thing we should address is the fucking shadow scene. Uh the ah, shadow yes. fighting was surprising and I don't know. Surprising is weird. Unexpected seems more appropriate, um, but just cool. Like yeah, it was they're cool. they're fighting into this like big wide shot, and they keep fighting and getting closer and closer to the camera. And then all of a sudden, you see their shadows getting bigger, and you're like, "Oh fuck, that's cute." And the shadows are like well orchestrated and very sharp and very clean and like still showing us all the action. And then they kind of like swoop back around and come back into camera. It's just like really elegantly done and like just kind of a nice little moment for the fucking audience. I don't know. It's, it kind of takes you out of the moment and like makes you admire cinematography, which is something I always kind of hate, but it is, it's fun. I liked it. Yeah. I thought these fight scenes, I know they still seem cheesy to you guys, but I still think they're better than like the original Star Wars movies, like the lightsaber battle between like Luke and Darth Vader. Yeah. These are better. Like, you know, he's jumping over stuff. Oh yeah, there's more action, certainly. There's some great stunts. Not apart from the other stunts, like the jumping of the, we'll talk, did we talk about the jumping with the rope yet? Because that is the best stunt I've seen in a long time. It was briefly mentioned, but. But yeah, yeah, anyways, but the point I guess I'm trying to say is that the actual fights themselves, 
the 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 sword fights between Robin Hood and Sir Guy at the end mm-hmm. was fucking great. It was really great. Like the amount of just choreography that was involved when like I loved when the in the background you saw some like little John and some of the other merry men came into the background mm-hmm. and you could see the fight was like spilling over so it was like really raw and then you could see that Robin Hood decided to take on Sir Guy himself and they went into the back room. I don't know, it was it was very typical and all but I just thought it was so well choreographed like you said mm-hmm. and I led right into that shadow scene and I thought it was just seamless and nice. And again, the music was just perfect with the pacing. So I I thought all of those fight scenes, again, just great. Well done. I was into it. I wasn't like thinking, oh, this is an old movie. I'm bored. I was no. just like, actually, yeah, this is pretty cool. Plus a lot of guys died. So it kept it interesting. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of gore. A lot of, a lot of di- death. Seriously, yeah. like this yeah. could have been a very uh, bloodless movie and it was bloodless, but- No, it wasn't bloodless. There was a little blood, you're right. There, yeah, the guys were bloodied after battles. There was no blood in the battles themselves. So like the arrow would hit someone and get stuck in, there'd be no blood. But then like after the battle, like little John was bloodied and fucking right. uh, Scarlet was bloodied. And, it, it, uh, it Robin was, only had a tor- tear in his uh, yeah. shirt. And it does seem funny to me because when everything I think about medieval history is so weird because you realize their lifespan is like... <laughs> nothing you know you die when you're 40 and that's a long life yeah we're old to them yeah and it's just you know the, I, the way they treat life is very insane and cavalier. General, very cavalier and i guess it lines up with what robin hood's supposed to be like in this movie but it seems like with death all around they're all very giddy and funny and happy and merry <laughs> i'm just like you know this is pretty awful and you guys are starving to death and you know did they explain anything about him in his backstory or coming from the Crusades or any of that? Like, he was a knight. They definitely mentioned that. Are you talking about Richard? Uh, no, no, Are you Robin. Robin. Yeah. I don't think in so. The, I don't think in this one. No, I don't hear anything of his backstory. Yeah. I mean, he was Robin of Luxley, so he had some sort of standing still. I mean, like, I, I, I guess I'm under the impression that, like, he still had a castle somewhere. He just didn't go there. Like, yeah, so that he's a Saxon nobleman, meaning mm-hmm. okay. So I, this is a little weird at the time because I'm not sure this is completely historically accurate. I guess it is, but so the Norman invasion, the Normans from Normandy, from the northern France, William the Conqueror was the first real king of England supposedly, conquered England in 1066. Uh, this is 1191, so a little bit, you know, about a hundred years after the Norman has the first king has been there. So it's a little weird to see that there's still kind of like the Saxon people are still revolting against Mm. their kings. So I'm not sure how much that was going on. I do think it's interesting though. Uh, Richard the Lionheart, we all think of him the King of England. He's actually Richard. He's from France, born in France, spoke French. He only spent about six months in England of his entire life. The rest Mm. of it was fighting in the Crusades and the rest of mainland Mm. Europe. It's so weird. Like all the kings of France, all the kings of England were all French from Normandy until, you know, later, well, on the hundred years later where they started speaking English. So it's kind of interesting that we they, we always view Richard coming back and loving his people. When in fact, Richard was pretty much awful. Uh, he was just, you know, uh, constantly in the battles, never really coming back to help his people. Mm. Uh, when he they was- They did kind of like allude to that in this movie a little bit. There they was did like, at the end, actually. Mm. Yeah, you're right. They did like, hey, why don't you come help your people? Or why are you off, yeah. you know, mm. fighting your stupid battles in the Crusades? kind of true well the, yeah there was the one uh the one bad guy in air quotes that was like he was asked if he was loyal to king richard and he's like no i'm loyal to the guys that you know stay here or something aren't we doing quote unquote that no because i wasn't quoting anyone. oh yeah so now you're doing air quotes yeah okay we can verbally do air quotes i got it 
All right, just clarification. I just gotta, I just gotta get a clarification. <laughs> if, eventually, if was, I'm gonna have to read these things. Again, if I was so I reading sure. a quote from someone, I would say, "quote unquote." Uh, you're reading it from your head. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm sure, I guess I was trying to say that originally, um, back to Robin Hood for a second, he's a, a, no, a Saxon nobleman, meaning he should have owned lands in England mm. and theoretically does have a castle somewhere. But mm. what happened, what I guess happened was the Normans took it over gotcha. and basically said, fuck you, this is our land now. We're the nobles here. We're the, ki- the king's, ge- the king who's now Norman gave me this land now. So it, theoretically by right, it's mine and yeah, you're yeah. on your ass. So now you're on your ass in Sherwood Forest with the rest of the bums. But they said he was still a knight and like they still let him sit well, at the table. And because like, he's got the respect. Eh, they kind of did. Not really. They didn't really let it. They invite him to the party. He crashed the party with him. Well, I mean, he, you know, like. He's still a Saxon in their mind. He's like, you know. I guess. They're, think about it. They're like from mainland. They think these guys are barbarians. They're like, oh, we're French. We're the, the nobles here. We're just invading mm-hmm. and taking over these barbarians on these islands. Yeah. Taking the oil. We think about it opposite because we think about English. We think, oh, they're noble, you know. At the time, they were thought of as barbarians. Anywho. Still anywho. Off. Do you want to talk about the Academy Awards? Yeah. Let us do it. Okay. So this is from 1938. So this is the 11th Academy Awards. Uh, this took place at the Biltmore Hotel in Los Angeles, California. Ooh. Uh, the let's beautiful talk, Biltmore Hotel. Let's talk about the four main awards. Okay, let's see All if right. you guys can guess them. For best actor, we have Robert Donat. Remember him from last time? Mm, from, for the Citadel. James Cagney, Angels with 30 Faces. Spencer Tracy, Boys Town. Charles Boyer, Algiers. Or Leslie Howard, Pygmalion. Pygmalion? Pygmalion? Spencer Pryor. Uh, Spencer Tracy, the, you mean? What was the second you said? James Cagney. James Cagney, okay. The answer is Spencer Tracy. Boys, oh, yeah. Boys Town. Nice. Boys Town. Great film Maybe that I've never seen. No. Yeah. Best Any actress category. Neverland? <laughs> Probably. Best actress. Wendy Hiller for Pygmalion, Norma Shear, Mary Antoinette, Margaret Sullivan, Three Comrades, Betty Davis, Jezebel, or Faye Bainter, White Banners for White Banners. I'm going period piece. Which is? All of them? I think the second one, right? Marie Antoinette, Norma Shear. Yeah. uh, Give me him again. Norma Shear, Marie Antoinette, Margaret Sullivan for Three Comrades, Wendy Hiller for Pygmalion, Faye Bainter for White Banners, and Betty Davis for Jezebel. I'm going to go Faye Bainter. You're all wrong. It's actually Betty, Betty Davis, Davis. Yeah. for Jezebel. I mean, Betty Davis was the only one I knew out of any of those, but uh, go figured with your gut. Go with your gut, guys. I mean, not really Oscars. because, yeah, not really because usually my gut's wrong on oh, these. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> usually got to go with the thing I've never heard of. Um. Wow, this is kind of interesting. Wow. Okay. Uh, best director. Um, Michael Curtis, Angels with Dirty Faces. Michael Curtis, Four Daughters. <laughs> Michael Curtis also directed the one we just watched. Yes, correct. So he could have been nominated for three in yes. one year because he kind of took over for the other dude. Uh-huh. Right? Wow. Okay. So anyways, those two. Norman Torog for Boys Town. Frank Capra, You Can't Take It With You. And King Vidor, The Citadel. Boys Town. I'm going King Vidor. You're both incorrect. It's Frank Capra. You can't take it with you. Really? This was Frank Capra's first Oscar. Yes. Okay. Uh, outstanding production, otherwise known as Best Picture. <laughs> There's a lot of them here, so I'm going to be 
somewhat faster. Four Daughters, The Citadel, Grand Illusion, Jezebel, Pygmalion, Test Pilot, Boys Town, Alexander's Ragtime Band, You Can't Take It With You, The Adventures of Robin Hood. I think it's Grand Illusion. I think, uh... I don't know. Just one of the middle ones. I <laughs> totally got lost. That's There's way too many. Down, yeah. way too many things. Then there was ten back then. Surprising that there's ten. Uh, so so give me one in the middle. Okay, Boys Town, The okay. Citadel, Four Daughters, Grand Illusion, Jezebel, Pygmalion, Test Pilot. You can't take it Let's with you. Let's go Citadel. It's incorrect. The answer is you can't take it with you by mm. Frank Capra. Frank uh, Capra, best director and best whatever this thing is called again. Yeah, we should probably watch. You can't take it with you. Maybe. At some point, I guess. It's won two awards. That we care it's about an awards. award. It's an award winner. Well, we I mean, I don't know, because a lot of the times these things that win, we have never heard of. So mm. Fair enough. Yeah. What do the reviews say? Yeah, so we want a scathing <laughs> or a sort of scathing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's not that long. Is that, no, is, is that an hour? Or is that an hour and a half, 55? No, that's, yeah, less than an hour so far. Oh, yeah, see? Wow, let's continue. Not too bad. <laughs> yeah. I was going to cut it off. Yeah. We got, so I people. can do two. I can do two reviews. Please. Ooh. Yeah. So we're going to start with the first review uh, from Anderson Envy uh, back in 2006. Uh, incredibly lame. Do we accept old reviews? Yeah, we do. <laughs> incredibly lame. Uh, in all my days, I have never seen a more goofy attempt <laughs> at an actual film. How dare he? Robin's men are certainly merry as they boast a big ha 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 <laughs> after right. literally anything they ever do. The fight scenes are mediocre at best, but more cheesy than anything. If this film was going for super cheesy, it succeeded, but who wants to sit through that, other than to simply make fun of the atrocious lines and situations. You gonna take that, Joey? I, I, will, I would the, like to sit through that. The, <laughs> the tagline for the film states that it is a movie that you can see with your kids and secretly like yourself. I dare you to find me a kid who would actually enjoy seeing this garbage. This was marketed as a kid's movie? According to this, I would have liked in this 2006, as a kid. I guess it was because that's <laughs> really, yeah. no way. There's a lot uh, of dudes getting shot with arrows. Yeah. I would have loved that as yeah. a kid. Yeah. As, a, as a boy, it's like, oh wow, that's cool. Yeah, so that's why I, I bought a bow. So I give it five stars because it was made in 38 and the cinematography is excellent. Thus far, I am not too impressed by any of the Robin Hood movies. I no, take umbrage with you, sir. Yeah, fuck this guy. <laughs> Most of them are good. Kevin Costner <laughs> says fuck you, too. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. What is your favorite Robin Hoods? I just said it. Costner? Costner I one? I, it. Mm. I Sorry, still I probably Alan Rickman's. Yeah, <laughs> right. Rickman's great in it. Yeah, very true. I think I think I haven't seen that in a long Mary's, time, but I have no. such good nostalgia for it, like mm. growing up at that yeah. time. So I don't but know why it's Yeah. Because yeah. it's blunt, you fool. It'll it's dull, hurt. you twit. It'll hurt oh, more. Whatever. I said blunt, Jesus fool, Christ. dull, twit. I think actually that's funny I because I Americanized it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah that I is did. very Americanized. It's good. It's good. Uh, mine is the cartoon. You like the cartoon? I haven't yeah. seen it in a while. I bet I'd like uh, it. Oh, the cartoon's it. definitely the Wait, best. Wait, the fox? Yeah, yeah. 
Cartoon, yeah, I like that cartoon is, I remember being really good. It's kind of very melancholy. Yeah, yeah. Super yeah. melancholy. I feel like it's similar to this one. Like the plot with the, with yeah. the, with the arrow, I mean, mm-hmm. um, with the uh, archery contest. Yeah, I think uh, structurally this it's the closest to this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, non-scathing review, mm-hmm. a glowing review uh, from Iosa 1. This is from 2005, so a year before the other one. Okay. Uh, easily the best ever Robin Hood film and a contender for the best ever film. Jesus. Talk about glowing, right? Yeah. Uh, historically, this film is a heap of hooey. If Robin Hood <laughs> ever existed, he would have lived about 150 years after the period in which the film is set. Modern historians are of the opinion that good King Richard and bad King John should be the other way around. Yeah, that's true. Uh, this film should be thus regarded as fantasy. Uh, King f- John was good? Well, he's not bad. He actually better. Hmm. Richard's awful. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Not just a, a neglectful father? Nah, he's responsible for the deaths of thousands of Jews. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And Muslims, too. And the Crusades, obviously, but Jews like in York, like in England. Mm. Anyways, moving on. Was he purging? No, he just caused a bunch of riots because of his crusade stuff, his crusade mm. fear, basically. And then didn't oh, do anything the, to protect the Jews people. didn't think it was worth doing? No, just because the, he, he made all the people kind of riot against them and they killed all the Jews in their communities. Why not? Also, they all the Jews had to register, so like they um, they became pretty much like the money lenders because they they forced the Jews to write down all their transactions hmm. because they didn't trust him. Very nice, huh? King Richard. King Richard. I shake my fist at thee. We will probably. Is that where the term "dick" comes from? Sure, let's yeah. go with that. He's a dick. <laughs> the other guy's a John, so it's not that much better. Who was a uh, who was the King train? Richard's dad? It was Henry. I think so. Henry the second. Yes. Yes. Henry the second. Okay. Yeah. And then Henry the second. I think we end up revisiting this story like at some later point in a stay tuned uh, because we'll probably eventually watch, uh, I think Hmm. Lion in Winter actually. Oh, I do want to see that. Yeah. It deals with, I think both of these brothers, if I'm not mistaken, as well as the the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. Uh, no, not at all. There's no, uh, there's no actual lions in it or mm. wardrobes. Uh, actually there there's may a be wardrobe. a wardrobe. There's probably a wardrobe probably somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a fair. There's a lot of like pigs and cows and stuff inside yeah. the And you never know who's stables. a witch. Yeah. Never know. Until you drown um, them. Yep. That's the way you find out. Uh, so <clears throat> continuing in his review, uh, the fact that so Quote, many- uh, quote no, no quotes yet one day I'll get to a it's quote it's all we'll a quote uh, true the fact that so many Robin Hood films have been made since and not one of them remotely measures up to the adventures of Robin Hood shows just how good the film is favorite scenes well there's a scene in the great hall at Nottingham Castle where Errol Flynn gives cheek to everyone the escape the ambush and the final showdown with Sir Guy of of okay. Gisborne, uh, Basil Rathburn makes a superb villain. Uh, I'm very impressed with the sharpshooting. This was done by Howard Hill. Howard Hill appears a few times in the film. That's cool. Uh, in the escape from the Great Hall, he is the one, the only archer among Guy of Gilborn's crossmen. 
crossbowmen, sorry. Uh, in the archery tournament scene, he is Owen the Welshman, in spite of what it says ah. in the credits at the end. Mm. Uh, it has been but this is just said some random before. Dude. Uh, no, well, I saw that somewhere Who else. Who played too. Matt? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, I, we got to look that up. Uh, it has been said <laughs> before. Yeah, look up Matt. Look, look up, up Matt, Matt while I'm looking this <laughs> Who up. Who the fuck I'm was Matt? Uh, it has been said before, and I'll say it again. Errol Flynn did not play Robin Hood. He is Robin Hood. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, my God. I love this guy. Performance-wise, the cast are superb, with hardly a poor performance among them. I did at one time think that uh, Una O'Connor was hamming it up a bit. However, I have recently worked in uh, Buckinghamshire, with a woman who, uh, with exactly the same accent, and yes, exactly the same laugh. Absolutely true. Is this the handmaiden lady? Um, I think so. Yeah, probably. Uh, therefore, Una O'Connor, who plays Marion's servant, there we go, who resembles Chaucer's uh, wife of Bath, <laughs> is brilliant. Hmm. And that's the review. Yeah, that's a good review. Yeah, he liked it a lot. And that he was, was very cool. informative about the about the beginning thing there. He or she. I found that about Matt of Sleffern. <laughs> it's, his name is Ray, Ray, Ray Spiker. Plays Matt. <laughs> Another guy who just, he's a pretty good archer. Ray Spiker. Was, Ray Spiker. Anyway, good job, Matt. He, he was in a bunch of other stuff. He was in like Gunsmoke and a bunch of other old movies. Was he an archer in those? In Gunsmoke? Yeah. I mean- Better no, bring we'll, a we'll goat bow to a gunfight. Yeah, you do. He's got some guns. Yeah, he's guns all about that range. <laughs> it's all about that, you know. I mean, you know, you're not gonna have a you're not gonna have a bow jam. Mm. You can have a gun jam. Yep. Happened in uh happened in Unforgiven, you know? Oh, gun jams happen all the time. Yeah. I could have used more crossbow in this movie. You know, should have been some crossbow. There was a lot of crossbows. They didn't fire any. They no. did, and they, they threw fire? them down. Remember, they threw them down when yeah. they were throwing all the weapons. We just yeah. saw crossbow after crossbow after crossbow. Nice and it's like, what is going on, guys? Dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, they are. Yeah. All right. Well, still cool. <laughs> yep. Um, what else do we got? Final thoughts here? Do we are we moving on to that? We got we got more stuff to talk about. Yeah. Talk about more stuff than Joey. Yeah. Well, I think let's. Uh, what else could we talk about? The medieval, uh, the feudal system. We could talk about that. Yeah, tell us. Tell yeah. You didn't really go into much of a historical no, not aspect really. on this, so you could for a little bit tell us about. Well, I think it's interesting the the Norman Saxon dynamic, and and in 1938, it's kind of. I'm not sure what they're going for exactly, what the director was going for, because there's also two directors too. So maybe they had a mixed message. Mm -hmm. But what, I mean, it's showing a basically a foreign invader trying to take hold of a, of a population, a domestic population. What are they trying to say in 1938? I don't know. Are they trying to make a commentary on Hitler? Maybe. I don't know. You, you tell me. What do you think? Is that possible? I think it's a little fun. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, no, I think they were I just trying to make a fun anything. movie. Like, I agree too. Yeah. I don't think so. But I'm just trying to look for stuff possibly or see if there is any. I don't know. There might be some sort of allusions to it that I didn't catch maybe in one of the lines of the dialogue or something like that, but I don't think so. Nothing I Yeah, saw. I don't think there, it didn't feel like there was anything like Allegorical hidden or... message in this. I think this was like more just a 
a very true telling of the the legend more so than like yeah. trying like I think these days like all of our more current versions of Robin Hood have tried to like you know make people under or try and tie it into you know current times or like mm-hmm. make it relevant to people today whereas like this is I think this is just you know giving us the folktale. Yeah. I thought this movie did a good job of explaining to us what the taxes were and why these people were poor and it did a good job of explaining it, but it didn't do a good job of showing it. It could mm. have been a lot more, we're living in squalor. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously it's not that kind of movie, but you know, maybe a slightly darker lighting, maybe a little more trash and mud, you know, people a little more dirty. True. Everyone's costume was perfectly clean. Maid Marian in her dungeon had perfect makeup, you know? Like, I, I get it. I know everyone looks wants to look pretty in a movie, but, you know, if you make it a little more realistic, you gotta go a long way here. So I thought that could have been done, you yeah. know, more medieval. I agree. I suppose, but that's been almost every version of Robin Hood since. since. It's just so, more gritty. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I, I, Prince, of Thie- Prince of Thieves did it well, but um, the the newest version, I think, is like, a little over the top with it. Well, um, I don't mean have like stunts that are, you know, not. Oh, I just meant the grittiness. Like the, the stunts of the new one is crazy. But yeah, I don't need that. The, the new one stuff. is basically fucking um, uh, Call of Duty with arrows. Like it's, um, you know, it, it's cool cinematically, but by no means accurate in any way, shape or form to the way those, you know, things would have been used. Uh, I also thought it was cool how they used the bow and that it was a historical thing. Longbow was a huge historical turning point. Mm-hmm. The idea that anyone, a farmer, could wield this thing and make it and, and have a fair amount of ranged power. That's a big deal. I mean, Sean's going to go off <laughs> on the you know the, the right to bear arms here. But it, it's true. And it gave all of a sudden the peasant or the, the yeoman which would they call the yeoman mm. archer, which is interesting because it came made from yew, the, or yew, I guess yew is the word from it, uh, the, the actual wood. So that was the word. And they, and they could make use this longbow to basically get power for themselves. And not only that, a noble or a knight wasn't now the only person who could fight. Man. Now they could get commoners and, and draft them into the army. Well, I mean, the big power was that the English longbow was the most powerful weapon at the time. It was sure. the strongest bow that was basically made. Uh, they ranged from, I think, like, I want to say uh, 80 to 150 pounds of draw weight. So these were like crazy, insane bows to like actually pull the string back on. Um, but they were powerful enough to pierce armor. So right. it like changed the way that fighting happened. Right. It made it possible, like you said, for the peasants to actually have something that they could rise up against these you know, kind of ultra powerful knights that are, can afford, you know, thousands of, I don't know, dollars worth of armor, whatever yeah. you would call it. And uh, it changed the way they had to make armor. Yeah. Too. You know, they had to make it more plate armor as opposed to the chain mail that we saw actually in all these old school medievals, mm-hmm. you know, all the chains, the, you know, the link mail that we're well, from, used to. From what I understand, the the, long, the English longbow could go through plate armor without a problem At too. At some point, like, um, I think eventually, like we're talking 13th, 14th century. Of, yeah, yeah, exactly. Escalation, they, escalation. They find a way to do it, whatever. We're both you know. doing the hand movements of going up and down. Oh, sorry, it. yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, and, and it led to English domination, honestly, mm. which is interesting on the continent. That's why I think we forget a lot about that, that Richard, I kind of mentioned it earlier, and a lot of the kings in, in England had huge land. They called, were called the Angevin Empire because so they had Anjou. Of land. Sorry, huge tracts of land in continental France, what we would think about in Kingdom of France. So mm. the kings of England were basically kings of France that just used England as their kind of like vacation territory, mm. honestly. Um, but we think about England differently nowadays because of all their modern success and obviously the, the British Empire and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I think it is an interesting thought that they were really all French. Um, but the, the English did use the bow to, you know, to basically win the Hundred Years' War. I mean, we could talk about the Battle of Agincourt and how they used the bows there, but that was more about smart strategy and, and using the elements. Like at that point, it was interesting was that the armor was almost too too thick. So mm -hmm. they got stuck in the mud and they couldn't even charge. They literally was just like drowning in their thick armor. Mm. So at some point in medieval times, the armor got too thick and they had to go back and scale back and get like thinner armor. So there was always this kind of ebb and flow of armor versus uh, weapon. One thing I will say about military history, I just quickly, because I had such an interesting point about, or I heard this more about on a couple of podcasts, Hardcore History, Dan Carlin's podcast, is about how you could compare armies in the medieval times and versus any other time, but they were different in what we're used to. Like, we're used to the idea that a modern army would beat any other army before it. You know, mm -hmm. the U.S. Army now would kill the army of Vietnam and the Vietnam you know, the U.S. Vietnamese army that went there would kill the one in World War II. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like that in the medieval times. Like you could say theoretically that Alexander the Great's army of 300 BC could theoretically fight the English army of 1400, mm -hmm. you know, because there wasn't really gunpowder too much there in that sense. So you could, the arms were pretty much the same. The tactics weren't that much different. So it was very interesting the way you could kind of view medieval, medieval and, and military history in terms of who is a better general and better strategy. Warfare better was war. essentially stagnant for a thousand years or so. Yeah. So like the littlest thing, you know, a longbow or the, mm. the way you, you, you make a helmet changes completely the dynamic. And that would... And that would change the battlefield. And, and and so small things like that. And I guess the English here, we're looking at the longbow specifically, but all the stuff too. I mean, we could talk about armor and how they, you know, had these little, like you, you could fit the plates on their, I forget, these little circular plates that they figured out to put in their armpits. I always mm -hmm. find that so fascinating because they figured out that's where the arteries were all the time. And that's where people were constantly bleeding and dying from mm -hmm. these armpit wounds. So they put these big fucking, you know, uh, metal, I forget what they're called. I'll look at them up. Pit holders. Yeah, the arm pit holders. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, so it was cool to see how they would have to change the armor and the weapons over time to, you know, accommodate all this stuff. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I just found all these interesting military historical facts. And I I like seeing it in movies, even if it's not quite, you know, as accurate as it's always gonna be. I like seeing that, you know, <laughs> his longbow is is flying in from the sides of the frame and just hitting everything in sight and penetrating every you know, every dude. His longbow, okay. Um, it's good. It's up there. Like like Robin Hood's longbow in this movie is like Predator's like like three piece, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, laser sight. It's you know American snipers, mm. sniper rifle. It's really up there with the most deadly weapons in movie history. Yeah. I compare it also to like Sharknado, how like a shark would just jump from out of frame from oh, nowhere yeah, yeah. and just bite a dude's heads off. It really like his, there was like five or six times where we were just watching the frame mm -hmm. and the guy would just stop moving. I'd be like, oh, <laughs> you're going to get an arrow to yeah. the back. Hold dude. still. Yeah. 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 Be yeah. careful. Hen Henry Hill, is yeah. he's yeah. aiming right now. So just hold on one second extra, you know. Yeah. Not the gangster Henry Hill. 
uh, what's his name? Is it is it Henry Hill? Is yeah, that, yeah. Uh, two, there's oh, it's two. Yeah, there's the gangster, and then there's also Hank Hill of King of the Hill. Oh yeah, he, he just likes Spurs. lots of hills. Yeah, lots whole, of Henry whole Hill family. Hank Hills. Well, anyways, I you can't stand still for too long. You're just gonna get an arrow to the back from the side of the frame. You gotta be careful <laughs> about that. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know what I'm talking about. Derek, did do you uh do you like this medieval history? Or are you bored out of your fucking mind when I talk about this stuff? Um, I mean my eyes were kind of rolling in the back of my head, but uh <laughs> I was good. I, I'm still awake, so well, that's, that's good. good. I mean, it's no, it's fascinating stuff. I think uh I think that um uh I guess it's fascinating. It's, I How got do you no feel about a monarchy? That. Are you cool with a king? Monarchy? No, <laughs> no, that's yeah. Not no. down with kings. Not down with kings. No, no, not really. No. I find it always actually really interesting this idea of medieval history. How we're always obsessed with kings, and it's all history it, because kings write the shit down, and that's who we have to study. Yeah. And well, they were also like the closest things to celebrities at the time. Sure, and they had the power. They were yeah. in charge. And there's a reason why we, we study people who are in power in charge. I just think it's so interesting how we kind of glorify kings. And um, even today, you know, how we're looking at Prince Harry and Meghan Markle and Kate Middleton, and we're obsessed with them and their bloodline and who's going to be the next king. And they got no fucking power, but it's it, we're still obsessed with it in some ways. I don't know why. I think we just like this common, maybe it is celebrity. I don't know what it is. No, I, I was having a weird thought the other day, but, um, uh, you know, we've, we when we talk about things like ants and bees and whatnot, we talk about them having a queen. And when you think about that, you think of like the queen being in charge of the colony. And like, you think of the, you know, the ants coming in and giving, paying homage to the queen. But when you actually like break it down, the queen is just a giant birthing facility. Like the queen isn't in charge of things. The queen isn't giving orders. The queen is being told what to do. So like, just because we've put this name on this specific thing that we have different associations with, like as humanity, we have like assigned these attributes to this thing that is essentially just a birthing machine. Actually, I think you're right, especially mm. when it comes to medieval women. Mm. Uh, the role they play is insane. It, it is very much, this is your role, play your part or you will die. Like, because, you know, if you if you are married to a king and you do not give a male heir, you're as good as dead or mm -hmm. you're as good as useless. And, you know, Henry VIII is a great example yeah. of that, you know, after wife, after wife, after wife, and he literally killed them. Um, so, you know, and- Kept that, shooting exes, man. That's what it is. So I, I think it, it did kind of, we didn't really get that extent, but we did see how Marion was, you know, she was condemned to death. So yeah. it did put that- Well, in I mean, yeah, at that time, like, especially noble women, they were just- props to be used as, you know, bargaining chips for land acquisitions and treaties and whatnot. Until Elizabeth, well, kind of earlier too, but Elizabeth was queen and she really did rule in her own right, uh, which was not until 16 or 1580s or something like that. But mm. still interesting, you know, England did have a, a real regal monarch as a queen. But did she change any of that? Kind of. I think they kind of had to change it because they didn't have any other male heirs. Mm. So it just, that was the deal. And the fact that she was queen for so long and held her power for basically the longest reign in Culture like history. Culture just kind of changed around he her. He was just like, yeah, this is the Elizabethan era and mm. we're just cool with it now. How long was she queen for? I'm going to guess 50 years. Mm. It's yeah. a long ass time. That's a lot of queening. She was queen when she was real young. Although our current Elizabeth is like- The longest of all fucking, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She beat her record, I think. She which is actually queening. interesting. Two Elizabeths. Mm. 
Uh, let's see. Yeah. So she was, she was reigned in, from 1558 to 1603. So Derek, how would you rate this fucker? <laughs> um, yeah. So if I was going to rate this, I would give it a, I give it a seven out of 12. Hmm. Uh, it's fun. Slightly above mid. Yeah. Above mid. Let's go. Actually, you know what? I can do halves. So I'm going to go seven and a half mm-hmm. out of 12. Wow. So it's a little bit a above little even that. Above mid. Slightly or above the par because I think I got one back there. That's seven out of 12. It's mm-hmm. not as good as this one. Uh, is It's fun. It's, um, you know, it's good for what it is. Um, uh, in spite of that, I don't know how many times I would actually ever really watch it again. Yeah. I think that it's kind of for me like a one and done. Mm. Um uh but I I enjoyed it while I watched it. Yeah. My name, Joey. Um I did enjoy it. I as I said earlier, I did I did quite enjoy this one. I would give this one uh an eight out of ten. Mm. Uh it's not perfect, but it does um does the job. It's got some wonderful music. I think I could listen to it just for the score. Um, some fucking great stunts. Some really cool stunts. I would definitely watch some of these action scenes again. Honestly, they're, they're some of the parts are cheesy, but some of the parts are really cool. Um, I don't think I need to watch it again many more times, but once in your life is definite. You should definitely see this once in your life. It's that nothing just for the great score. It's you know it really is up there with some of the best John Williams scores. Um, some of the best film scores in general. So uh, yeah, I think it's an it's an eight out of ten. I'd go uh, three and a half out of five stars. Um, pretty much on par with everything you guys were saying. Um, I, well, more towards the Joey end. I do think everyone should uh, check it out. It's it's worth watching. I don't know that I'm ever going to watch it again, um, but I appreciated what I saw. Like it was, you know, it's, it's, it definitely surprised me more, and I liked it more than I thought I would. Um, I, I kind of picked it obligatorily, but um, again, Errol Flynn is very charismatic, and like you, you know, want him to succeed, and you kind of want to see more of him. And I guess that's one of my biggest gripes with this movie is that like I still don't think it's Robin Hood's movie. <laughs> it's, yeah, true. It, it's the the story of the English monarchy more than it is Robin Hood. Yeah. But yeah, I uh, still kept my interest and there's a lot of good cinematographic uh, uh, language used. Um, but yeah, I think uh, three and a half out of five. Um, uh, one thing I did want to mention is that the way they shot a few of the uh, this, the love scenes where they were kind of mm. having 50-50 shot, you know, the two of them in profile. Those and they, did drag on a little bit. For sure. But I actually, I, I, I'm kind of giving a compliment. I did like that scene uh, and a couple of them. And I did like the moments where they would cut back and forth between them. And it was basically, they did a few of these where they were equal. Now, mm. sometimes they did, you know, they put her Vaseline on the frame and made her look yeah. beautiful. But it, it really was a lot of just POV, 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 even though it doesn't quite make sense. I liked how it was equal. It wasn't like the man is framed this way, the woman is framed this way, the man looks this way, the woman looks mm. this way. It was like, okay, this is this, this is this. It was kind of a nice change of pace, I thought, actually, than we're, maybe we're used to. Uh, so I liked that. I, and I think that made me think oh, the love story was more about, it was more natural. And, you, and mm. that's maybe why I thought they had better chemistry. It was definitely a little less over 
overt than a lot of the things we've been seeing from this era. Like there has been, uh, for most of what we watched recently, there's been a huge difference between like the close up on the man versus the close up on the woman. Um, But the one thing I would point out is in this scene, there is specifically a close up on uh, Errol Flynn that is, it breaks the space bubble. Um, there is, uh, yeah, I saw you were taking it back at that get too yeah, close in. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're like nose to nose mm-hmm. in the two shot. And then we go to his fucking single and it feels like he's five feet away from right. us. Yeah. Like yep, it yep, just yep. totally breaks down that, that dynamic of like intimacy that we were working on there. Yeah. yeah and I, I, I felt like if anything, that was like the, one of the flat notes of the cinematography that I saw. That wasn't, yeah. you're right. That that's a good point. I wasn't really referring to that one. I think there was another one before where they were hanging out in the camp mm. where the two of them were together and they had oh. a similar moment. It yeah, wasn't yeah. the one where, the, where he was um, in her in room. Her room. Yeah. No, it was, in, it was when he was, she yeah, was no, in her the camp. The camp one was a little bit more Yeah, uh, I remember them being elegant. a little bit more, not quite nose to nose. No, no. Um, because they haven't, I don't think they kissed at that point. Maybe he kissed her once. hand, but yeah. Yeah, I don't think they kissed. Uh, I, I just, um, okay, so we also didn't really talk about any of the homoeroticism in this movie. <laughs> yeah, we should, we should talk about that. I was going to say that um, for f- there's a one instance where, so we do the soft focus on the actress, mm-hmm. uh, in those really close up yeah. close ups. Still not as bad as what not we as just bad. watched, but uh, true. What the fuck was that? Uh, Mr. Smith goes Mr. to Washington. Smith. Oh my which god, was like, like an super, fucking yeah. yeah, not a lot of us. Um, yeah. they did it to Will Scarlet in this one time. <laughs> they did a soft focus shot <laughs> I on Will Scarlet <laughs> yeah. in this movie, yep. and yeah, that just pushes that whole strange like homoeroticism between like him and and uh and yeah. and Robin Hood in this. He was a merry man, he was the, a swinger, yeah. I mean. Could could be, you know, because he doesn't say, hey, let's stay, you know, he doesn't say to her, hey, you know, like, let's stay here. You've got a nice pad. Mm-hmm. He's like, come back with me to the forest. He's like, join us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, harem. and then, uh, and then some of Will's lines to sure, like, do not help the case for this. Yeah. There's a yeah, lot of untimes. The whining. Sure, and he's. The, and, and Tondras, there's like a, like a lot of like whining, like a, you know, like lover quarrels kind of stuff going on, perhaps. Yeah, I think there's definitely you can read into it for sure. Yeah. Um, well, wasn't Errol Flynn like? I don't know. Maybe that makes sense. Like, I thought he was a part of that era that was like, you know, fucking everything. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so I thought, actually, interesting fact I just looked at. I know you're going to hate me for going back to history. Uh, Richard the Lionheart supposedly was homosexual. Interesting yeah, himself. Yeah, he never, uh, yeah, because he never had a heir, never right? Heir. People, but people are just split on this, historians. Okay. But I always find that just interesting. Just because you don't have an heir doesn't mean you're kidding. No, no, they might He was also at war most of his life, so maybe yeah, there wasn't much hard. time to do it. You might anything. have heirs all across the land. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I do think maybe you know maybe it was also for the women. Maybe those glamour shots of er- er- Errol Flynn and uh, Will Scarlet. But there, but it wasn't a Vero. <laughs> there wasn't one of those soft focus, fuzzy like yeah. woman. So, uh, well, no, but there was nice. Yeah. There was some nice. Oh, there's definitely some fuck- from POV of yeah. Marion and some ass in tight shots and yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know how much of that. Uh, 
I don't know. For yeah, I, I don't know that it's like beefcake. Uh, fucking. I don't know either. Pin-ups. But I, uh, I don't know that that was a demographic that suits were thinking about in Hollywood back then. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we're reading too much. It's definitely I possible. I mean, I mean, I think also it's by contrast, right? So like, <laughs> so like, uh, they're in these like really tight tights, very tight tights, and she's in like this <laughs> full dress with like her head covered too, mm-hmm. and like yeah. most of the women are like completely covered, mm-hmm. whereas you got these guys in like tight tights, and they're you know. And the way that they're sitting in some of these situations, like there's the one where yeah. like uh, they're beside the river and like he comes and sits back down and Will Scarlet has like a one, like the the knee up type of thing and kind of man spreading, you know? <laughs> they're all relaxing by the creek after a long fight, a long mm. battle where they were fighting with their quarterstaffs. Right. Uh, you know, banging their wood against each other. And uh, and they were <laughs> that, laying that's down. That's yours. See, that, that's one that you did there. I, I, that's do it. I don't know what you're talking about. Entendre that you did there. Yeah. I was just talking about it. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Anyway, so Keep they're, going with they're your... laying down and uh, Little John talks about how they really need to come together. They need to really bring them, themselves together <laughs> as one, as merry men. And it, it's really beautiful. I, actually, I thought it was nice. I thought, it, and and Will Scarlet was sitting next to him playing his lute, you know, yeah. just fiddling with that yeah. lute, watching Robin and Little John go at it. And it was uh, it was a beautiful thing. Beautiful. Um, the actress, right, in this, Olivia Wilde? Uh Mon- no, I, Dav- I don't Dav- even know. Yeah, Dav- no, is that the main one? Havilon? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this was uh she was born in 1916. She is 102 years old and still kicking. Yeah, she's still alive. Still alive. She's like, also in a, in a lot of other movies, including Gone with the Wind. Yes, Captain Blood, which I, again we're going to be watching later. Uh yeah, quite a uh yeah quite a quite a quite a history. Pretty, pretty incredible and still going, still going. And she lives in like Paris, I believe. One, two Golden Globes. Yeah. A primetime Emmy. Wow. Way to not What a die. career. You know what? That's pretty much the ultimate though, isn't it? Yeah. Living. Living. L-I-V-I-N. Yeah. Sorry for that. I didn't mean to make a Just spell it. Yeah. That's bad. He's just angry because I can't spell. Yeah, that's what it was. You know, McConaughey would be a good Robin Hood. He would. He's kind of got the hair. What do you think about Errol Flynn's hair? Let's quickly talk about that. That bugged the shit. The curl thing? Not a fan of those. Without the hair, you know, the guy's a real hero. With the hair, he looks ridiculous. I can't take him seriously. It is a little like uh, toddler on picture day, sort of. Yeah. It is. I just also, didn't like it. in the woods, how's he doing this? Like, how really... is he getting that hair like that in the woods? That's you, the... you take a few sticks and you hold them over the campfire for a while, and then you twirl them in your hair and leave them set there for about good 30 just, minutes or so. I just think it's a situation. I think we got a situation like uh, like in uh, The Dark Knight Rises uh, or Dark Knight. What was the last one? The yeah. third one? Yeah. Dark Knight Rises. Rises? Yeah. yeah. So in Dark Knight Rises, you know, you're wondering how is Marion Cotillard's like, how, how is she like keeping this makeup on? You know, this is like third world situation. Mm-hmm. Like they're under like control of like yeah. Bane and all this stuff. And, uh, 
And then you realize, oh, okay, so she's actually the bad guy is how she's able to do this. Mm-hmm. She's sneaking off and like fixing her hair because she's not actually under the 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 lock and key like we assume. Mm. So maybe it's the same thing. Maybe he's sneaking off somewhere. Oh, he's, he's going and his out hair out castle at night. Yeah, he he's rides got, back before that's dawn. It, that's it. He's pretending like he's stuck in Sherwood Forest, totally. but he's actually got a castle nearby somewhere. Then oh, they do get their hair did. That's why, like, when he takes Maid Marian through the through the plebs, and they're all like, "Oh, Robin, thank you, thank you, thank you so much," because he never fucking goes through there. No, he's he never only through goes there. through there when yep. he's showing it off. Yeah. Otherwise, he's like hanging at his castle, and he stops by once in a while. But also, where's all thing. that money going? Yep. You know, we we never knew exactly it's where true. that money's going. It never actually going. went to free. Like they the didn't king, say did they didn't say, hey, wait, <laughs> they're like, you're Richard. We got a lot of money here that we've been collecting for you. They never said that. No, no. Like, Keep your mouth shut, boys. <laughs> yeah, it went, yeah. It went to mutton chops for Robin. Oh, dude. And he did just eat mutton, mutton and turkey <laughs> all day. That cost money, Holy Robin. Cow. Dude. Oh God, that was I don't it doesn't really belong anywhere, so I'm just gonna talk about it now. <laughs> but there was a, a couple weeks ago there was an episode of Saturday Night Live where they were um uh, it was, was it, uh, Kate McKinnon and, um, another lady were doing a weekend update and they were doing something about, uh, um, meat farmers or people that sold meat and they brought out a basket of meat. And as soon as they put it in front of their faces, you could tell that they were just about to vomit. And like the whole sketch kind of like turned into them, like trying to keep from vomiting. But apparently like a uh, prop guy had just left the meat out in between fucking dress rehearsal and fucking the actual take. So it looked good on screen, but it was fucking rancid smelling the entire time. That's wow. And hmm. just all of the food in this movie made me just keep thinking of that. Like, I wonder how much of that good. stuff was like no. actually just horrible. It to looked put gross. In your mouth. Like, it looked gross. It really did. Just like throwing like dead turkeys on a steak and like they're just sitting there for hours and hours. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they didn't, you know, take any precautions with stunts, how much precautions did they take with meat? (laughs) Errol Flynn took a lot of bites of that stuff. I mean, if he didn't have food poisoning, I'd be surprised. (laughs) So check out all the shows on the (laughs) podcast network. We've got uh, Thanks for Calling. Yeah, exactly. Paula Tinkering uh, going down on South Park. Uh, you can check us out on the Twitters. Uh, celluloid Break uh, is where you'll find information about the show when we post things. And so far, my random ramblings about movies that are in theaters. Hopefully others will be joining me. Uh, but you can also contact Joseph Bonnier directly at J-O-E-B-O-N-I-E-R and uh, Mr. at Derek Laporte if you'd like to yell at either of those gentlemen. Yeah, yell at us. Uh, you can also find me at text before calling, but, uh, that's neither here nor there because it's on the Twitter, which is there. Yep. Yep. Next week. What are we doing next week? The seventh seal Mm. by Ingmar Bergman. The seventh seal. Is that where the, the six seals learn to play the horn and the seventh one plays the drums? That's it. Yeah. Hopefully you've watched the six seals before because they're not actually in this one. Right on. Yeah. This is about the, the lost seal. seal. Yeah. The Rudolph of the seals. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> indeed. Red glowing nose and everything. Mm. I was yep. going to say the dopey, but fine. <laughs> and the Rudolph's better. Yeah, Rudolph's pretty good. Yeah. There were nine, though. Dasher Dancer, Prince of Vixen. There were nine? Under Blitzen. Yeah. Ah, now we know what to name those. I definitely could not have done that. Perfect. Doodles. <laughs>